Life's too short. Life's too damn short. So, eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole, MS. Anyone who's ever dealt with an aging parent as I have, my dad, you all know, is 95 years old, and we're lucky because he works full-time. He's a math teacher, and he's busy, and he goes out, and he does things and drives around, which doesn't thrill us all, but we're still concerned because he does live alone, and, you know, we got him one of those little alert, medic alert things in case he falls, and he sometimes wears it, but... There are a lot of concerns that people like myself have when you have an aging parent, especially one that wants to age in place. And my guest today is Philip Regenet. He's the founder and CEO of Xantheon. Philip, tell us a little bit about seniors and aging in place. What does that even mean? Well, I, like you, Melanie, uh, had a parent that uh, both my parents are dead, but uh, they, we spent a lot of time around them before they died. I lived with my mom. I moved out specifically to take care of her. And uh, aging in place is, I, I think, in my opinion, the best thing that can happen for a senior. And I say that because familiarity is such an important part of their world. Um, but but when you age in place, uh, there's all sorts of liabilities that come with that. And, and one of them um, is us, those people that take care of those aging in place, uh, we need to spend a lot of time doing so. And uh, like you, I had a lot of the headaches that were associated with that. I mean, not, not that there's not a love, but there's, um, there's a lot of work involved in uh, taking care of an older senior, especially in the last couple of years where they're in decline. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, and as someone who's done what you did, I was a caregiver for my dad's sister, my aunt, and I, I always had I knew the phone would ring at four in the morning if she was taken to the hospital or, you know, if she needed something. It is, it's a big worry for those of us caregivers. Yeah, and I I think nowadays we have the technology to help us out with regards to that. There's, There's a lot of companies out there that are, that are doing the push button alarm, but with those and the automated fall alarms, but with those systems, um, uh, comes an automated an automatic response from emergency services and and for seniors that are wearing those uh, that that becomes a burden and and this is the balance that we need to strike the balance we need to strike is respecting um, their desire to be independent and live their lives as your father does and uh, our desire is to feel that they're safe and and both of those to be in balance means that we need to have them actually uh, participating in the in the problem of of uh, making themselves be safe. And like your father, most people only wear their pendants a little bit, not a lot. And the reason yeah. for that is because they really don't want emergency services showing up at their door when they don't want them or need them. And um, because it's expensive and embarrassing and um and they don't really want to think of themselves as being old. So how, how do you deal with that? Well, so that's the whole thing, right? I mean, I can sometimes pitch at my dad and say, hey, why aren't you wearing that thing? It says that its battery is low, and I hate to see that, although it is a little bit funny when it shows up on my phone and says Jerry Cole's battery is low, because I'm like, he's 95. So that's a little bit of a, a, um, 
a little bit of a warning thing, right? You know, could have double meanings. But what are some of the risks that you want listeners to know that we should be concerned about? I mean, obviously, there's falls, and we can walk around their house and look for those risks of falls and, you know, all sorts of other things. What are some of the main risks that you look at and then say, okay, this is what we're going to try and deal with? Okay, so we've partitioned that into three separate sections. The The first one is, is how prepared are you? And, and we're not the only ones. Let's face it, there, there's a huge population moving into, into the above 65 group. So there, there's a lot of people focusing on this problem right now. Uh, the, the first thing is assessment. And, and we are terribly negligent in our society about allocating resources to seniors for assessment of their dwellings. Um, if you think about how much resources we have going to the homeless, it's totally disproportionate compared to those people who've contributed their whole lives into our society are, are languishing away um, alone in some building. And, um, and, and really all they need is someone to come by and say, hey, you know, pick up those rugs and, you know, you put these kind of door handles on your, on your door and, you know, raise your furniture. And, and you know, if you bought this, this uh, type of toilet, be easier for you to sit down. And, and all, all these little things that, that make their lives comfortable rather than getting to an age where they they find themselves in the situation where they literally don't get off the couch because they're afraid of falling and hurting themselves. And the result of that is that they get urinary tract infections. I mean, that's, that's absolutely the worst. So the first thing that society and companies like ours, uh, our responsibility is to deliver an assessment of, are you safe? How, how easy is that? It's, no cost almost. That's that's the first thing is assessment. The second thing is uh, change their dwellings and their behavior. Not their behavior as much. It's hard to change behavior when people are older. But but make sure that those things that have been assessed are taken care of over a period of time. Um, and, and that would mean really pulling up those throw rugs, you know, changing out the doorknobs, that, that kind of things. You know, making your shower be roll in. You know, you can do that over a five-year period and, and have the cost not be very severe. But, so uh, I think that's number one. Number two is is actually putting them in a situation where when they start to become frail, they're, they're wearing things that protect them uh, when they fall. So a lot of us are in this, this program of, oh, after they've fallen, let's make sure that they're taken care of. But we really should put a lot more emphasis on that. Um, let's protect them during the fall. So walkers do that. But the walker designs in America are really poor. They, they pitch that senior forward and they, they put them in a position that's uh, bad for their back and their neck and their breathing. So that, that's not very good. We should really be redesigning those. But, but the other thing is that um, their clothing should protect them when they fall. And, and that's something Xanthian's been working on lately is is to make sure that we put uh, elastomeric materials inside of pants and uh, and sweaters and shirts so that when they hit a part of their body that whose musculature is no longer capable of supporting that impact um, that it that it distributes it more so that's a simple solution um, the next solution is adequate notification which means uh, that you don't escalate instantly to emergency services. 
75% of our emergency services in the United States are uh, their their resources are allocated to that 14% of the senior population. It's inordinate. And within the next 10 years, we're almost going to get a doubling of that senior population up to 24%. Uh, how are we going to handle that economically in our communities? I mean, have you thought about that, Melanie? I mean, how how have you thought about, you know, the, the resource problem that we have in America? Well, I, sir, I mean, I have a lot since I've dealt with so many elderly people in my profession as well as in my family. So, I mean, that's a good question for all of us to think about because, you know, it gives you a broader picture of what as communities we can do. And I love your suggestion about walkers. That's for sure. And, and the clothing is so interesting that you are looking at the parts that, you know, might have the most damage, like obviously the hips and the shoulders. Tell me a little bit about really what you do and how this could help allay someone's concerns about leaving their age, aging loved ones alone. Or, I mean, you mentioned moving their homes, but not not all of them want to. My dad, he, I couldn't get him out of his apartment now if I tried. Oh, no, no, not moving them out of their homes. I would I would say if anything, you, you want them to be connected. Sure, of course age. you do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, familiarity is such a key component of mental health as you get older that it's it's really sad that we that we found ourselves housing seniors in communities away from the people they know. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely the the hardest solution on them. Um, no, no, no. I, 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 what I'm a proponent of is making sure that the that the home that they're used to is safe for them, and and what we do is uh, first of all, we, we build clothing that, that um, what we'd really like to do is build clothing that's fashionable for seniors. So the, the way that we've started that is, is to make sure that they're protected in their clothing, which is, which is cossack protection, uh, hip protection, knee protection, shoulder protection, and elbow protection on the fall. So other people have come up with designs for that, but we found that their designs are uh, either create a lever point that hurts their head, or um, they don't use the the clothing in a, because it's uh, hard to put on or hard to take off or um, it, uh, doesn't look good. So uh, our goal is to make them look good, to give them dignity in their senior age, and and to provide them protection. So the first thing we do is we do clothing. The second thing we do is is use measurement sensors in their environment to understand their behavior and to make sure that we predict analytically what will happen to them in the future and what's happening to them now without putting the burden of emergency services on them. We give them the choice of signing up for escalated services, which means that they, they could have emergency services immediately upon the desire for help, or they can escalate to their neighborhood and family, which means that on most situations, someone that's, that they know shows up to help them out. So the difference between us and, and most companies is that most companies escalate to a, um, a central resource center, a call center, basically. That, um, that then makes a call to emergency services. So we have that, but we also have the piece that, that uh, coordinates with the neighbors. If they have a cell phone, it, it tells them that, hey, their, their parent has asked for help. 
or uh, their their family or their friend has has requested help or has automatically fallen down. And we use passive monitoring, um, which means that uh, we allocate uh, devices like motion sensors in their house to rooms, and then we use analytics to say someone's been in bed, they're out of bed, they're in their living room, they're in the bathroom, they're uh, they're in the shower. They're no longer in the shower. They're not moving in the bathroom, and they never come back into the living room. They must have fallen. So um, we have that piece. At what point is EMS called, Philip? Um, They're called based on um, settings that are that could be changed um, that that uh, that are considered an alarm. So um, on a fall, we we make sure that there's if they can push a help button. But if they fall, there's a setting that says, hey, they have to be still so for a certain period of time, meaning that they've fallen hard enough that they couldn't get up and, and they couldn't push the help button, which, um, which means that, uh, hey, they're, they're not moving, and, uh, and so there's an alarm. We need to go get help. Same for uh, a fall in the bathroom, which is passive monitoring. In passive monitoring, there's a period of time that we consider that can be set that is um, they haven't they, – we know they went into the bathroom and they never came out, and it's been 30 minutes. Uh, something's wrong. So that sends off the farm. So, Philip, as we wrap up, tell us where you see virtual assistants like Google Assistant or Alexa, how they could help the aging population, and tell people where they can find out more about you. Okay, so uh, we tested the Alexa, and it's, it's interesting that older people do not feel comfortable um, right now uh, talk. Uh, talking and asking for help. So uh, even though it's out there, um, they they don't actually use it. So uh, I I suspect that'll change over the next 10 years because, you know, we'll all become more familiar with it. But um, so that's number one. But how that works is, is that in our case, we just say, uh, Xanthi and I need help. And uh, anything like Alexa or the Google platforms allow us to program it so that it then sends the same alarm that the the help button would to our system, which creates an event that people respond to. Um, People can get a hold of us, um, Xanthian, at www.xanthian.com, and they can fill out um, a contact form if they'd like, or they can call us directly at 415-967-2440. We'd like to hear from anybody um, and, and hear your stories. And, and in fact, help you in any way that we can. Uh, we're, not, we're not in the business of, of selling products. We're in the business of, of helping uh, families uh, live better lives and, um, and add value to the community. Certainly true. And, and it's what we all hope for our loved ones is that they can age in place and that they can have the dignity and the respect that they deserve after a life well lived, a long life. And we certainly want to keep track of them without so much worry. So thank you so much again for joining us today. You're listening to Life's Too Short. And you know, you can listen to these shows on iHeart, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are played, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening and stay well.